welcome to episode 38 of Establish the Collection. I am your host, Cody Main, joined as always by Gary Hartman. Gary, the All-Star break is behind us. Nothing but NBA action lies ahead. This is your time to shine, brother. How how are you feeling right now? I'm good, man, especially, um, and you know, no offense to all my hockey fans out there, especially with my Rangers looking pretty good, uh, but with no baseball on the horizon at all, and we've already had the two first two uh, series of the season be canceled with this strike that's going on, or uh, sorry, the uh, you know lockout that's going on. Um, it is really all NBA waters ahead. Uh, with some F1 and with some UFC and, you know, our, 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 our niche sports, but it's, it's all basketball all the time. Look, you know, really from now through June. Right. So uh, lots to look forward to. I'm doing well. Um, definitely feeling that grind, but really only like 25% left of the regular season, 20, 25% left. So a lot of fun playoff races and uh, the NBA is just, it, it never, it never uh, fails to disappoint. Uh, that's for sure. It's, it's, it's fun night in night out. Nothing but NBA head with one, minor caveat and that is we will have usfl action (laughs) beginning on april 16th uh i'm really hoping i i've I've been keeping up with the news i know we're going to get sports betting in a majority of the states that are currently legal with some hurdles to kind of clear i would imagine we will get DraftKings dfs with some pretty significant price pools especially if there is uh no baseball to be played yeah it's gonna be a fun time man uh uh, you guys know that i'm grinding the niche sports you guys know that uh for the most part showdown uh on thursday nights showdown on monday nights is really not even professional football at this point so (laughs) anything that is barely barely professional football i will be grinding i don't know if we'll ever get any cards for it but just as a quick aside don't don't count your chickens here because uh Baseball, basketball is is up at the forefront, but we will have some USFL action coming in the uh, in the months. I would not be surprised to see see cards uh, eventually too. We we saw it with with XFL. We've seen it with some weird some weird things on football there. So hey, you never know. And and I I you know my thought with all those types of things are, are don't knock it till you try it. And you know us at ETR, we'll be all over all over the uh, the USFL and uh, Shea Patterson, number one overall pick. And, um, <laughs> You know, I, I all, all that great stuff is coming. I can't believe it's already April 16th turnaround that they're going to get on this type of thing from the draft uh, right right into the season is is pretty exciting. So, I mean, it's pretty so, wild. I don't know if they even have all of the uh, the everything ready to go at this point. Right. It's been really quick turnaround. As you mentioned, draft just happened. I know that they locked down a stadium to play the games. It seems like they're working through the, the legal process for sports betting, which is obviously going to be a huge hurdle uh, in order to gain mainstream adoption of this yeah. league. But yeah, it'll be it'll be pretty interesting to see i can guarantee you that if there is uh dfs i i won't guarantee it but i will say that if there's dfs it's it's pretty likely that i will be covering it uh, oh yeah and i will be playing it let's so go. let's let's pray for some usfl it. action and let's pray that we can we can make some money in the dfs streets as well yeah that's well that makes me excited uh anytime i get cody made cody main coverage on anything football i am very very excited for that um yeah you know what that's great and let's i just hope we get a decent quality product like you know we're they're trying to turn this thing around in five or six weeks like do these guys even have playbooks do these coaches have schemes <laughs> do these coaches know each other um you know what, what what's going on but i shouldn't be a skeptic let's just enjoy enjoy the 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 uh, beauty that is god's game in in uh in football we have Jeff Fisher on a sideline, which is That's really right. all that matters. If you're That's worried right. about playbooks, just just trust your gut, brother, because we got <laughs> we got Jeff Fisher calling plays. All right, enough. This is already way too much USFL talk for one episode. Or is, Last or is week, it enough? Or is it enough? <laughs> Last week, Gary was kind enough to rip a 2020-2021 NBA Prism retail box, give away a few of the best hits from that box to our loyal loyal audience. So if you haven't already, please go check out that box break from episode 37 
on the Establish the Run YouTube channel. There you can find all of our content under the Establish the Collection playlist. Uh, if you want to get your hands on some of Gary's cards, all we ask you guys to do, and you can like, you can smash the subscribe button, you can do all those fun things that we we always appreciate you doing to help support our little show. But if you want to get your hands on some of Gary's cards, just while you're over there watching the video, watching him uh, break his box, episode 37, just leave us a comment on that episode. It's the easiest way for us to parse out who actually took the time to watch the video and who wants the cards. We'll gather those names for next week's episode and, and give away. I think you had uh, Anthony Edwards base prism you had a lamello you had an obi top and silver uh, i'm gonna butcher this dude's name jemias ramsey silver yeah, auto that was the auto we pulled and hey Let's at least go. it was a silver auto rookie but yeah it's uh on the flagship etr youtube channel as cody said um it it the uh, title of the episode is nfl all day marketplace opens and mid-season nba uh, awards and you'll see cody's uh, silly face on there and hey i think you'll get some silly faces from me coming soon Let's go. Uh, so we'll, Did you uh, finally submit some headshots? I, I finally had uh, <laughs> I finally had uh, Kyle reach out to me about about getting some some headshots out there. So uh, I'm gonna work on taking some of those this weekend. We'll get some uh, silly silly thumbnails from from my uh, dumb looking uh, face as well. So uh, yeah, just go over there and, and we've already had a bunch of comments on the video that you're already entered in, but we're gonna give it another week because the the video did go up a couple of days after uh, the audio. So get over there. Um, please do like the video while you're at it, but all we ask is a comment on the video and you're entered to win those uh, four cards. We're going to do four different giveaways for, um, you know, some, some, some solid 20, 2021 uh, prism cards. And we'll give, we'll do that at the top of next week's episode. And while we're thinking about it, if you're listening on the podcast feed, like most of you are, if you haven't already go subscribe rate review, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be, those things, those small things free, help us reach as many sports collectors as we possibly can and grow this little show out. So we really appreciate that. Absolutely. All right, housekeeping items out of the way. Last week, we wet our beak by giving out some midseason NBA card market awards, which you dubbed John Morant as the NBA's most valuable card market to this point of the 2021-2022 season. That call has been uh, magnified over the last couple of days <laughs> since you made that bold proclamation. Memphis dropped a close game, uh, and we're recording Thursday night, but Memphis dropped a close game a week ago in minnesota but since then man all he's done 46 52 38 respectively in back-to-back-to-back games they dropped one tonight on the road in boston but man he's taken over social media again with the dunks with the second quarter buzzer beaters uh, it's been all jaw morant so of course we talked last week that nobody has done more to solidify themselves as a long-term hobby name than jaw morant a few more career games under his belt how are you feeling about that call for midseason NBA award, and you've got some big boys on your hand, man. You've got some big, big cards on your hand. What are we doing with John Morant right now, and how are you feeling about your investment? I really do, man. Uh, feeling great about the investment. Uh, I, I am terrified every single night he goes out there that he's going to fall down the wrong way, and uh, not, you know. But for right now, I'm enjoying the ride. I mean, you mentioned tonight they lost the game, they they dropped the game in a tough game on the road in Boston. Boston's got the best defense in the league, but um, even in this game, as you mentioned, 38 points, seven assists, one of another. Uh, just absolute highlight, you know, uh, it was a give and go alley-oop from Kyle Anderson with his offhand uh, goes up with a one-handed alley-oop. And this guy's a guard. I mean, it's, it's, you, you can't, you, you, you have to see it to believe it, the things he does on a nightly basis. And I mean, it's, it's Iverson stuff. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, and better, honestly, in a lot of ways. And I, I remember Iverson only to, to an extent, but the, di the, the, the dynamic, the dynamicism, 
the dynamic ability, you know what I'm saying? Close enough. Uh, it is, <laughs> I'm tired, everyone. Uh, the, the dynamic ability is, is truly on display every single time he graces the floor. And um, I feel like really what we're doing with Ja right now is kind of what we were doing with Joe Burrow for the uh, last like four or five episodes of the NFL season where we had to kind of lead every, every episode with Joe Burrow because he was both king of the field and of the hobby. And uh, Ja is kind of feeling that way for, for hoops right now. It's like this, I feel like where you're at in this position where he is, as you've mentioned previously on the show many times, that he's one of your most heavily invested players. This is the the product that you were ripping most when you were getting back into this, back into this hobby. It almost feels like you're at this point where you just keep hoping you can push this back yeah. a little bit and keep maximizing that window while still holding as much product as you can totally. long term, the stuff that you really believe in long term. So I know a lot of the people out there listening are probably in the same boat that you are, that I was, you know, ripping this, this Zion product, ripping this jaw product. What are we doing with, with jaw specifically right now? Um, you know, what, what should, what should our audience be doing? Selling low end stuff. Should we continue to hold and just keep pushing this thing back as far as we can closer to the postseason? maybe awards time. Is there going to be a point in this season specifically where we get that jaw peak? Yeah. So it's, it's a great, great question. And I'm going to kind of probably reiterate some of the things I said last week, but I'm going to try to expand upon it as well. And I think either way, I think it's worth repeating. So generally my thought here is if you're not selling John Morant between now and whenever you think that the the Grizzlies are going to be eliminated from the playoffs, you are looking at Ja as a long-term investment. I'm starting to hedge that thought a little bit just with how good he's been in that. I'm starting to think maybe he can be an all-time great. Now, it's you don't see that come out of players of his size, particularly of his, um, you know, more skinny nature. Uh, those type of of players, you don't see that, uh, you know, too much as far as this. But man, if the NBA does this right, we could really market this guy as like the next big thing, right? Like Steph level, mm-hmm. um, you know, love from every like just basically unanimous approval rating type of superstar. Uh, he he has that upside that the, the, the just the, the flash everything. So in that sense, I'm starting to maybe maybe think if you don't want to subscribe to my general theory that you're either selling over the next three months or you're holding it as like you're waiting till Jaws you know towards the end of his career like you're looking at as long term investment because I would have a hard time thinking he's going to reach peaks higher than this season for a lot of reasons. One, pop counts are going to continue to rise. Two, it's very hard to imagine that we are going to see. Um, we might see higher John Moran peaks on the court, but I don't know if we're ever going to see higher John Moran hype off the court yeah. where he's dominating every kind of sports centered NBA conversation. He's leading sports center every night with his highlights. He's, you know, still starting to really just enter, um, you know, the lex the, the top of the lexicon of every NBA fan, both casual and, and uh, you know, diehards. So just where he's dominating the conversation so much and is in the MVP race now where he has his team in a top three seed, you know, just all the perfect storm in his, in his third year, um, all that perfect storm. I just don't know if we're ever going to see that hype again, where the card market is also still pretty strong, uh, you know, in general, um, the hobby's growing still in, to an extent, you know, with, the, with things happening with Fanatics, all the things that are keeping the hobby at the forefront for this guy. I don't know if we'll ever see this kind of this, this, this stew of things ever kind of reach this boiling point again. So I think I feel comfortable enough saying that you have this window while he's healthy this season, knock on wood, to maximize profits um, for what is there's a good chance. I would say there's like a 30 to 50% chance that this will be the peak of his hobby this season. Now, when I say I tried to start to hedge that a little bit, it's because he, he's showing me things that I never thought we would really see as far as ceilings concerned. So maybe, maybe, um, 
maybe he could be better than that. Maybe he can consistently be a top eight, you know, player in the league for 10 years. That's possible. And then I would, I mean, this might be wrong, but I, for what I'm doing, both low, mid, high, I want to sell off um, a lot of my position over the next uh, three months. And then if I feel like I can get back in over the next couple of years at times where it may be down a little bit, I'd probably feel comfortable with that just given the kind of player he is. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's hard for me to do. I feel like I'm like almost prospect huggy, like a baseball fan. Yeah. Like I don't really want to let so like of some of this stuff. Um, and yeah, in, are, am I trying to push back a little bit uh, as we approach the playoffs? And and you know he's going to be on the biggest stage a, a little bit. Um, but it's that's you know that presents its own risk. So slowly but surely, I'm I'm offloading certain things. Um, I'm kind of maybe uh, you know more hesitant to pull the trigger on some of my higher end stuff uh, as I try to you know really maximize value. But yeah, I mean I'm going to keep some. Obviously, luckily I have enough inventory to do that. But that's where I'm at. I think you know all different levels, low, mid, high, I think uh, cannot go wrong as much as I hate to say it, sailing John Morant right now. I think it was shortly after we recorded last week. It looked like he went down. Uh, if I remember right, it looked like he might have a, a lower body injury, a hip injury or something like that. Yeah. I was at, at that hip. point, I was just like, oh, that's this is how it ends. You know, totally. the, it, it's the injury. It's, it saps the athleticism, some of the dynamic ability. Uh, he obviously comes back. He's doing his thing. He's got the Grizzlies as a three seed in in an extremely tough Western Conference right now. Uh, you know, this thing is this this hype train. I think is going to continue to keep rolling as we head closer to the postseason. But it is it you you do have to start looking at these things from uh, a perspective of how much higher can this short term peak go. Uh, we look at his silver prism with a pop count of one thousand two hundred and eighty two right now, and as you mentioned, continuing to grow. Uh, last sold for. $2,124. And we talk about some of those guys and the guy that you mentioned last week, who's kind of in a similar vein, uh, older class, different level of, uh, you know, kind of social media icon status at this point, but Donovan Mitchell, um, much lower pop count from an earlier class, earlier rookie class, and much lower sale point. Um, so, you know, you start to think about these things in that sense, how many more, uh, how much more room is there to grow for John Morant's mid-tier stuff, especially like this, you know, the high-end stuff, as you mentioned, uh, and we should really get into that tiger stripe too, because I am yeah. curious to see if there's been any movement there, but this mid-tier stuff, this low-end stuff, it seems like there's a pretty good peak here, as we know that these pop counts are going to continue to rise as, as PSA continues point. to work through. Uh, it seems like a really good window here, as you mentioned, over the next couple of months to offload some of that position. High-end stuff though, maybe a slightly different story. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that Tiger Stripe PSA 10. If you guys didn't listen to last week's show, Gary's got a massive, massive, massive John Morant card. One of probably the best Prism cards that you could possibly get, uh, aside from you know the gold and the one of ones and things like that. But a, a really awesome um, Tiger Stripe PSA 10. Only seven out there right now. We we kind of broke the news to Gary on the show last week that this is now on Card Ladder. I was shocked. Um, it's pretty surprising. Yeah. Has anything happened? Any movement with your potential cash deal and, and trying to avoid the IRS at this point? With, uh, with <laughs> We're going to have to stop talking about that on here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you never know who's listening. Uh, and I have one very ethical wife. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> my father-in-law is going to get a kick out of that joke when he listens to this. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I still in hand. I still yeah. and I ha and I have the offer out there at at card letter card ladder value for cash in person. Oh so that's God. that's a pretty good pretty good <laughs> deal. And I don't think he's going away from it. I mean, he, the, yeah. the guy wants the card, and he might be listening to this now at this point too. And I, and if you are, I I don't mean to be dragging you along, sir. Uh, you seem like a very nice gentleman and, and a stand up buyer. Um, I I I have my hesitancies because let's talk about the high end, right? We I think I agree with everything you just said about low and mid. Um, 
I think, you know, as you mentioned, we're probably reaching peaks here. And yeah, can we get a little bit higher if he wins a playoff series? And if he really, you know, goes out and, and, you know, inserts himself into this MVP conversation, sure. But I think, you know, the the levels of jump from where he is right now is going to be minimal compared to stuff that is so low pop and so low circulation and so high end that, you know, we don't know what the ceilings are on those kind of cards. We see the, like these gold, we see golden post record sales on these things all the time. Like I saw Joe Burrow gold prism yesterday, once sold for 16,000 now just sold for 50,000, right? Mm-hmm. We see these $40,000 jumps in these types of cards all the time because there are so limited out there and there are people that will want them if they have the money to spend them. And because it is such a, uh, a rare and, and asset of, you know, an elite uh, a player or, or sought after uh, investment piece at this point. So things like that, things like, I wish I had the true out of 99 RPA, but I've showed this card too, just the, you know, the national treasures out of seven, 75 RPA. I saw this sold for 20 grand on eBay uh, a month ago. Uh, wow. This exact card, BGS nine. Wow. You know, I think that's, it's probably what 20, that's one month ago, right? What would it call it now? 25, 30. I don't know. How do you put a yeah. price on things like this? Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant on the tiger stripe. Uh, and I also have that dragon scale, right. Of the Donner's optic. I'm, I'm hesitant on some of these cards. Um, I still think I will let go of like, I let go of the marble out of five last week, which I, I did that around 10 grand or whatever. And I, I honestly think maybe I, I, I went too soon, but I, you can't have buyers, uh, sellers remorse on this kind of stuff. But I do think that if I do this the right way, um, at the right time within these next three months, I could really maximize profits. And that's not, to, and I just don't want to shoot myself in the foot where, Hey, I have this amazing offer on the table right now. And then he goes down with an ankle injury or whatever. But I do think that's the only thing that makes this card go down until he's eliminated from the playoffs. So I, I don't know, man, I I'm still, I'm still debating. Um, I'm hoping I'm not going to hold it too long, but for now I'm kind of weighing my options still on the high end. It's so much easier to have the hesitancies on this stuff and to have that uh, that feeling of like, man, I'm selling a little bit too early as opposed to the silver, right? Like that yeah, silver with a pop exactly. count of 1200 that's right now selling for two grand. Like if it sells for 2200 next week and you sold it at two grand, you don't feel as bad no, as if all. you sold a tiger stripe that there's only seven yeah. PSA 10 in existence right now. And, and you sell that for 25 and ne- next month it's worth 50, right? Yeah. There's a big delta and there. for all we know, like I have it on eBay for 40 right now. Um, which you could get I, a snap. You could get a snap by somebody might pick that up in a, in, in a couple of weeks. It's possible. Yeah, right. right. There's that's one thing. Um, and for all we know, if I send it to golden and it was in their April auction, right. I took it down off eBay. It was in their April auction. He just continues this ascent for another month. Um, I think, it, you know, it can go higher than what I have it on eBay right now. You don't know what somebody, it, some people don't yeah. use eBay. Some people prefer to go the, the uh, auction house route. They feel it's safer as far as kind of just transfer of hands, all that kind of stuff. You don't know what kind of bidder out there. Now, at that same time, it might finish. It might end at 20, where I have a 25 offer right now. So obviously, these are these are the risks you're, and, and, you know, things you're weighing um, when, you, when you're dealing with such low pop, uh, you know, rare, high value cards. Um, we'll continue to talk it through. If I have it next week, I'll, I'll we'll, we'll, we'll kind of address yeah. this in a, in a shorter conversation again, but it's a, uh, it's a fascinating thing to, to consider. Um, one that I don't have too much experience with uh, since I've been kind of doing this as a, a as a, a real business, as far as kind of like where I'm in the, I'm in the heat of things. I have some of the most sought after rare high end cards of a specific player. And I'm really kind of struggling with selling window. I, you know, I, I really am. 
All right. We, we, I want to springboard this conversation and not to get like two sports takey and, and two sports radio here, but you kidding me. You know, I grew up get... on Mike and the mad dog, Cody. We can do as <laughs> we can get as this sports radio. And talking I, you did, you do a really good mad dog impression. So if you could just come back at me with some mad dog, <laughs> I would love that. Uh, Michael, <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about there. Uh, and now, but... <laughs> now it's great because it's him and Stephen A. So it's even better. Oh, dude, it's, I would pay money to, to see that every, every week. It's just, it's the it's God's gift. Those clips, I'll tell you that much. Seriously. All right, we, we've given Ja his flowers uh, here off the front end of the show. Right, he was the 102 of the 2019 class. I I would say a, a very distant 1B in the collectibles hobby to to Zion Williamson, who was very clear 1A runaway favorite from that class. The the most sought after collectible from that product. Uh, if you look back to January 22nd, so we're talking a month and a half ago now, that was really the first time that Jaws Prism Silver PSA 10 sold higher than Zion's. We kind of got this flipping, right, where where we finally see Jaw take over uh, from that class. You go all the way back to the preseason where there's still questions swirling about Zion's health. Um, his his Silver PSA 10 was still fetching $4,000, so down 65% Crazy. already this year, and for good reason, right? Last selling for around $1,400 on February 27th. Obviously, there's going to be a lot more than just what's going on off the court with him and his recovery and his return to play, all of the rumors swirling. Is this flipping between Jaw and Zion legit? Like if you if you could get a crystal ball out right now and predict five years, 10 years, 20 years from now, whose card market is going to be more valuable, knowing what you know about both players, is it just a slam dunk, easy, easy open and shut case that it's going to be Jaw? Or is there some reason for us at current prices, and if this continues to dip lower for Zion, is there some reason for us to maybe bet on Zion's market now that it's dipped so much? More parallels between Joe Burrow uh, and John Morant here, where where Justin yeah. Herbert, you know, and was for so long, uh, you know, by far the highest prices in that in that football class, and and then things flipped towards the end of the season. Obviously, the difference here is Zion hasn't graced the court in, in a very yeah. very long time, and he's nowhere to be found. All bad news coming out of the Zion camp uh, almost consistently, and then we don't know where he's going to be in New Orleans. Um, man, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you put a gun to my head. I would say that John Morant is now in five years and in 20 years, the better investment piece, probably the better player. Um, you know, he's showing things in year three that we didn't know his ceiling ever really was. We knew he was a great dynamic, probably multi-time all-star. Uh, I don't think we knew that he, he would be this uh, right away, which this is what we thought. And, and, and I think people got a little confused in the clip that we put out last week. I was saying, I, I said, he's doing all the things that we wanted the number one overall pick to, to do. Yeah. And I wasn't saying John Morant was the number one overall pick. I was referring to one Zion Williamson, um, <laughs> who, who was number one overall pick. And we expected these things. And we saw it when he was on the court last year. But now everything is just going the wrong way. I, I don't know if his body's sustainable for what, what the modern NBA is. And I understand the dip. I mean, I completely understand the dip. Obviously, pop counts continue to rise. He was he was selling at prices that were unworldly, and we haven't seen him. Now people are trying to get off those positions a little bit, and obviously, you're going to see that go way down. It sucks for me. I never I have two silver PSA ten Zions. Never pulled the trigger on on selling either of them, and I'm not going to do it now. I'd yeah, rather right. you know I'd rather wait. I'd rather wait um, for him to come back. So. You know, it's it's really hard. Now, I I'm gonna throw the question back to you as we do a little sports radio here. Um, would you would you be buying, um, uh, or would you rather be selling John Morant uh, at his peaks right now, or buying buying Zion Williamson at his floors? 
Like, what, what if you were to, if you had to choose yeah. one of those two things, what would you be doing right now? I think it would a be. It's a different question than it, it is a different investor. question. But I think if if I if I had to choose just one, I would be selling. Yeah. Jaw before I would be buying Zion. That I mean, that it just feels like the, the bottom could completely fall out. And you mentioned like people willing to sell now to take profits. If if this doesn't get any resistance, like let's just use his silver PSA ten as an example right now. That's got a pop count of whatever fourteen hundred right now. If the if this doesn't get any resistance around twelve hundred, eleven hundred, a thousand, and it drops below a thousand dollars, like how far crazy. is that really going to fall out? Like that once you reach that mental hurdle of a thousand dollars, right, for a player's market, how much lower is that going to go? And we just saw that absurd sale for his his true RPA that we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, like. How many more of those are we going to see? And like, if you're really low in and you're investing like base stuff, like it just feels like this could completely fall out on him if he if he doesn't get back to action next year. Or, or I mean, I, I just don't understand like what what how much more his market could fall off from this point now. Whereas like, yeah, maybe I miss out by selling Jaw like a month too early, yeah, and I missed out on like ten percent profit. Where I feel like if I was buying Zion right now, maybe it drops another thirty percent before you know he comes back. I would say I would be interested in buying Zion um, at some point before the off season, uh, before we get, so let's assume he's not going to really play again this year. Right. I mean, there's yeah. only 20% of the season left and there was a report yesterday that his foot is progressing. You know, there's always been this very vague stuff. The Pelicans came out with a season ticket letter where they didn't even mention him. I mean, the, the, the tea leaves are not good there for yeah. Zion in new Orleans. Right. So what that does mean for him, if, and when he does eventually come back, um, I mean, he's still, you know, at 22 years old or, or whatever, and, um, you know, can, can easily be uh, the guy we, we want him to be just because he, you know, if we, we forget Joel Embiid went through this too, right? He couldn't say healthy yeah. for the first two, three years of his career. Um, and he barely played any basketball in his life. And now look at him. I mean, he's the, he's the MVP favorite, right? So I'm not ready to write the kid off in any way. So what I would do is I would, I, if, if we think that the only way this can continue to go as long as he's off the court is down, I would at some point before uh, the end of the regular season, or maybe even in the playoffs when even more eyes are off of the Pelicans and, and of him, I probably would be interested in doing some Zion Williamson buying before any offseason stories uh, come up uh, as far as picking up his third year option, or, you know, picking up future options, uh, trade trade rumors, all that stuff. And just, you know, then we get the offseason videos from working out. I think I'd be interested, depending on what kind of, what this kind of stuff does go to, because, uh, you know, I, I still think he is a generational type talent. Just the question is, what is the price that you're willing to to bet on him ever actually having a real NBA career? And to me, for like something like the silver print, when it did for a grand, because it's not like the pop of 1400 is like crazy, crazy, crazy. Right. You know, we're not talking like a 5,000 or like some of those Luis Robert pops, right? Or what we're going to see out of Wander Franco and stuff like that. We're talking somewhat sustained for the silver. Now, the base stuff, I don't think I'd go to. Uh, too, too, too much out there and, uh, you know, just too too much of a floor for me. But anything silver or better, I think I would be interested in doing some buying uh, as the dip continues. I think we should take this as like a more macro look now because we, we've talked about selling job, potentially buying maybe as we inch closer to the offseason with Zion. If you look back to last year's basketball market as a whole, and I kind of want to take this more macro now yeah, for before sure. we get into some player specifics, but it, you see this pretty significant trend upwards last year leading into the all-star break. Um, obviously, the season started in December last year, so a little bit, little bit different timelines there, but also, we should keep in mind that the early part of last season was kind of the run-up of the peak of the card market bull run as a whole, right? And then we finally started to see this leveling off and a little bit of a sell-off of the base market and what have you. But I'd like to start there just kind of from a macro sense for the remainder of this basketball season. I am curious how much of last year's second half slump 
that we saw in the card market as a whole in the basketball card market was more just in relation to the shift of the kind of the base card slumping a little bit and how much it was just a shift in people focusing less on the basketball market as players get eliminated, teams get eliminated. Uh, you get a shift more a little bit towards baseball. You get NFL offseason talk. So I'm, I'm curious, are we going to see a similar downwards trend in the second half of the NBA season this year? I think it'll be a little bit less this year because I was, you know, I think you hit, you hit the main point for me right at, right at the end of your, uh, you know, you set up there in that baseball was here last year. Right. Um, and baseball say what we want about baseball, as far as a, a, a topic that gets talked about, as far as, you know, losing popularity every single year. Um, it, it still has its market, you know, Bowman still does really, really well. Tops does really well we still see crazy numbers on prospect cards and mike trout cards and otani cards and things like that and the second that april 1st rolls around and you know the baseball's really under the swing of things that market does pick up steam there's just no doubt about it and guys like vlad guerrero hit the scene last year and guys do shift their uh you know their focus uh, there's no doubt about it um you know, and and so I think that would definitely be one factor in in the, the reason things go down. I think the other factor is um, as you ramp up in the regular season, people are starting to invest in in players that they think can be in award races and in playoff races. And oh, this is a new guy that jumps onto the scene. There's always like the Jordan Pools early on in the year, and these guys that you know get off to such a hot start out of out of, out of nowhere, and then their teams settle into rotations and guys come back from injury, and you know the season just kind of gets into more of a lull and 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 just kind of you know kind of on cruise control, and those those names kind of fall out a little bit, and that continues to happen obviously through the All Star break. Um, and particularly I think as teams fall out and so guys are, are watching less, right. So as teams get eliminated, um, I think you, you, you have, you, you, there's less, there's less uh, sales all around those types of players, right? People are trying to kind of time selling, you know, guys when their teams are hot, whatever it may be. So I think the, one of the other reasons we see overall sales volume go down and, and, you know, even some peaks go down is, you know, teams get eliminated and people are just start so focused on selling certain players uh, as they're in, as they're in the limelight, um, you know, particularly around the playoffs. So I think that will continue just because it, it, it's what makes sense, right? You know, over the next two months, we're going to see less and less teams be relevant, probably less and less, um, you know, of, of wider players be, you know, focused of, you know, people that, that, that uh, collectors are, are searching for. So, and, and, you know, it's going to kind of focus in on, on our real contenders. So uh, I think that, that those are all the reasons, but I would expect it to be a little bit less than last year uh, for um, the reason of a no baseball and B because peaks didn't get as high this year as they did last year. Um, so um, just given that we were in the middle of last basketball season was like the the peak of all this stuff, right? Uh, and we've kind of been in a more healthy, settled down card market this NBA season. So I don't think it has as much room to necessarily fall down now here in the second half. So there might actually be some in-season buying opportunities for guys that people are willing to sell off once their teams are eliminated or once they're eliminated from awards races and things like that. I, yep. I, I find that we we might get so focused on these off-season buying windows for players when sometimes they totally. start or they may even peak towards the end of the regular season or certainly in the playoffs as teams are already eliminated. So I think we can maybe identify some of those. Let's talk about some of those guys here. Uh, I don't know if you've got a few names. There's a few guys that I think might be in playoff contention, might be in award contention that are worth talking about. And I think markets are still not as hot as they may should be. Um, I want to kick it off with the guy. Uh, this is an easy topic to talk about because he's been out for so long, but a guy coming back from injury, a guy that was kind of a, a third tier of that 2018 market, but really gained some hobby love. Michael Porter Jr., mm. uh, a guy that that steamed up quite a bit. 
from that 2018 class, but injured his back nine games into the season, which I, you know, obviously to me raises an immediate long-term red flag simply because of the back issues that this guy's already dealt with. We get the report recently that he's cleared for contact, could return sometime in March. Um, Mike Malone was quick to throw a wet blanket on that, but then since then we've gotten reports that, you know, he, he, looks to be cleared for the G League and we are going to get some Michael Porter Jr. action back at some point this season it seems like uh, we did see a pretty significant plummet in his card market as his silver PSA 10 fell 71% since October 14th last selling for around $250 on February 27th when he was playing last season he was balling man like we were getting an, a really good offensive player in Michael Porter Jr. averaging 19 and 7 a game shot 44.5% from three perfect compliment for for Nikola Jokic I don't know if I'm if I'm jumping the gun here by buying the news that he's returning from injury and if if that's going to have any significant impact as his card market goes uh, the remainder of the year and if he's really even a long-term investment. But his market's down big, still plenty of questions surrounding his health. I think that you know we could kind of see this re- rekindling of a flame that the hobby had for this guy from this 2018 class if he comes back and looks good when he when he returns to action. Is it premature to buy? Someone like Michael Porter Jr. coming off the the rumor, the news that he's going to get back to action sometime sometime soon. No, I don't think it's premature. And I mean, you're seeing some people do it a little bit. I mean, not many sales, but over the last month or so on that silver, like in 13 sales, it's back up around 10%. Um, you know, in the last three months on 44 sales, it actually, I think people identified it dipping too much because it's in the green. But as you mentioned, over the last year and six months, it's down 50, 60, 70%. Um, I I don't think it's too premature. I mean, for this specific case, you know, I just have issues uh, or I have concerns of his just general ability to stay healthy, right? I mean, that's a different story. Uh, but as far as the player is concerned, and I think talent, and you know, look, as far as if you are looking to to buy buy Porter Jr., I think it, this would be the time over the next month or so before he comes back because Jamal Murray is coming back for the Nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know that's happening, and. Uh, Jokic is playing as, as well as ever. Um, if Porter does come back, this team could be a sleeping giant in the West. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them make some noise. So, um, you know, if he does come back and looks good and is, is making an impact on this team, yeah, your, your buying windows are now. So I don't think that's a premature, um, you know, take uh, at all. And I, somebody that I also still believe in the talent long-term, just even more so than somebody like Zion, I'm, I'm truly concerned about his ability to stay healthy for the rest of his career, just given that he had serious chronic back problems coming into the league and it's the reason he fell to uh 13 or 14 and whenever he did get drafted i had to get down on a little uh a little nuggets futures action when i got the news that he was coming back and the news that jamal murray would likely be back sometime in april or maybe yep. in the end of the postseason so i got down on a little bit of nuggets action i like it and just a quick reminder we don't talk about alt a whole lot or my slabs or some of these places where alternatives to ebay if you will um, but when I saw the news alert come through, there were a few listings on alt that looked a little stale. I was keeping an eye on what sales were doing on card ladder, picked off a few of those silver prisms uh, on alt for below what they were selling for in auctions. Nice. So felt good nice. about that. Just a reminder, just to keep an eye on these alt sites. Uh, it's like price shopping lines, right? If you're betting player props, like just just check out the options that you have. Uh, I think there was uh, an auction that just went on eBay, just ended either today or yesterday. Uh, that I was watching for Porter Jr. that ended at like 265, and I was picking them off on alt at like 240. So minor differences there, but like if you're if you're doing this thing in bulk and volume, just keep in mind that there are other sources than eBay to pick up some cards for a little bit less than than auction values in some cases. All right, totally, absolutely. En- en- uh, great, enough great on Porter Jr. Who's who's uh? Do you got any buys, sells, holds for the second half of the season? Yeah, um, Shea Gilgis Alexander. 
Yes, um, I had so, I had him written down. I love yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, talk man. to me, talk to me. So finally, back playing, even on back to backs. I mean, the Thunder are weird with him. Obviously, they're, they're yeah. still continuing to tank, and he's he's a top twenty guy in the league, man. He's a top twenty, top twenty five guy in the league when he's healthy. He's an excellent excellent player man like he he went out and and beat the nuggets last night speaking of the nuggets um and the last three games i mean he's been dominant uh i don't have his game logs in front of me but even so um you know over the last you know if you look at his silver only a pop of 501 on the psa 10 um you know not too many sales over the last month or so but still down um on the season and i can would expect for things like his silver, you know, even if you're looking at like things like optic or whatever, I would expect that to continue as the Thunder become even more relevant. The Thunder look for reasons to sit him even more as the season goes on. Um, and as, you know, really the focus goes all the way off these lottery teams uh, and, and onto the playoff race team. So uh, over the last year, silver PSA 10 down 63%. I mean, these reached highs during the peak last March, about a year ago, of $1,400. That um, card is so, so, so cheap. $1,400. So it's $450 on card runner right now. I think that's an excellent buy right now. Yes. I think you'll have opportunities to buy it uh, throughout the next two or three months and, and into the offseason. But really, really bullish on SGA. I'm going to be doing some SGA buying, uh, you know, over the next couple of months for sure because really like this guy. And, and hey, I don't, you know, listen, I don't think the Thunder are going to be getting rid of him. But I actually, depending on where they land in this draft, if they can get Jabari Smith or, or, or Chet Holmgren or, or, or Pablo Banchero and, and, and you know, really get one of these top three picks in the 2022 NBA draft, um, I'm all the way in on Josh Giddy also. So I think yeah. they are developing a core here. We saw the Cavs turn it around really quickly. I would not be so surprised to see uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander playing in meaningful games as soon as next year or the year after um, if, if they do get one of those top three picks this year. So I think that's important too. But the kid's still very, very young. He, he checks all the boxes. He has the opposite issue. I mean, he's, he's dealt with some injury stuff, but it's, I think it's a little bit more fluky. I think he's got the body that I'm not too concerned about long-term durability with. So love SGA, man. Um, and if we're just talking about guys that we're thinking about kind of fading into the, into the background as the NBA season goes on, he's, he's top of the list for me. I'm setting price alerts on card ladder right now. I, I, I absolutely love this call. I, I wrote Shea Gilgis-Alexander in my notes, and then I wrote in parentheses so many outs, right? There's just so many ways that this guy's value can increase. Yeah. Men, playing, in, playing in meaningful games continues to take another leap. We get this next year where it's like, oh, we knew this kid was good. We didn't realize he was that good. And yeah. all of a sudden, he vaults himself into MVP consideration. Like, there's just so many ways that this can go right and still just 23 years old and obviously being, you know, part of the ETR team we love. We love SGA, yeah. Probably got, as much as we love Jokic, but I, I just love this call, man. I got I just because I have a box of cards next to me at all times. I have a second year <laughs> SGA flawless on card auto. I think this would be like his That's first awesome. one in the Thunder uniform too. Is out of twenty five. So I just even if you want to pick up things like this, like on card yeah. autos, um, I just came out of focus. It's weird. Um, on card autos, uh, you know, patch autographs, whatever. I, I think is a is a totally fair game. Um, Second year uh, colors, I think, are interesting too uh, for for SGA. So, really like all different types of SGA buys. Um, you know, I I just think he's he's up. and the other the other out. I mean, if if this doesn't go their way over the next year and a half, I think they're on the option at that point. Yeah, it's Presti, Presti, Presti looks to chip him out, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I think as you as you say, I think there are a lot of outs, and also as his profile grows more, who knows if he just pulls, you know, a, a, a big time, uh, you yeah. know, goes out in big times with Thunder and says, you know, we we know the player empowerment here. If he if he decides he wants out and he joins a big two or big three or whatever, um, you know, a lot as you mentioned, lots of outs for him becoming uh, even even bigger star than he already is, kind of buried in OKC. 
All right, I'm going to hit one more guy before maybe we hit a little rapid fire here before we we go too, too long on this recording. But uh, we're recording on the night of his 16th birthday. I'm joking. It's his, <laughs> it's his 24th birthday. He's on my list <laughs> here, yeah. After a game where he posted 37, dropped 21 in the fourth quarter. He's got the Celtics right in the thick of things again. And, and as you mentioned off the top, this is one of the best defenses in the league right now. They've won 13 of their last 15. The Derek White thing seems to be big, big, big trade for them. Uh, really helping them. Marcus Smart still playing. Uh, just dealing with the Jalen injury right now. But Jason Tatum, man, this is a guy who has seemingly been on kind of that cusp of superstardom now for like two plus years. And we've just been waiting with bated breath for him to take, you know, the leap, right? Like when is he going to actually vault himself into true superstardom? So he comes from that 2017 prism rookie class where pop counts as we've talked about in recent shows are just muted very much from this ultra modern stuff so i'm curious from from your perspective because i'm a believer in kind of the the underlying metrics of his his silver market i think the price looks good in comparison to uh his his actual basketball relevance are we going to see this just from a basketball perspective from what you're watching are we going to ever see this kind of final transformation of tatum where he does elevate into that guy we've always wanted him to be yeah, I do think we see it at some point here. Um, and, it, and it is because he's 14 and still has so much room to grow. Um, <laughs> I mean, but that 20 is, years from now, I mean, he'll be in his prime. Right. He's just going to reach his prime. So, I mean, at that point, he's got, but, but the thing is, um, what the reason I like this is, you know, even for this year, Look, I don't, I don't agree with like 538 saying that the Celtics have the best chance of winning the championship. I don't right. agree with that. But I understand it as far as the analytics saying that maybe that's the case because they do have like unworldly defensive numbers right now. Um, they're starting five. Um, whether you put uh, uh, White or, or Horford in that, in that mix um, is like kind of like crazy, crazy uh, per, per uh, 48 minute numbers like 88 points type type thing so really really nuts um what they might be able to do and uh, i you know i i'm a full believer in his overall talent you know he, he if he could just put it all together um he he has these upside of you know who who are the true greats in this game uh, a lot of times it's it's players that that look and 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 you know as far as size and athleticism and you know just general natural scoring ability um, you know, it's those types of guys. He plays in the big market. If this, if he ever leads the Celtics to a championship, um, you know, lots of, as we talk about outs, lots of outs for, or, or paths to him becoming, uh, you know, just a consensus top 10 guy and an all time great. So no problem with the Tatum call, uh, at all. And I also look at him as one of these guys that if the trend does, uh, you know, we're talking about macro a little bit, if the trend does kind of continue like it did last year, where we saw a hard dip after the all, all-star break, um, I would expect him to be one of the guys that bucks that trend this year as the Celtics continue to ascend, uh, you know, higher up the playoff seedings and and potentially, you know, get to like an Easter conference finals or something like that. If they do pull something like that off, uh, I would continue to, to see him kind of, I would expect him to, to avoid that, that big dip. So um, I wouldn't be selling Tatum right now. Love it. All right. Yeah. I, that's what I've got for my, uh, you know, my big second half buys that I'm interested in. I, I yeah. wrote down SGA again, a special note asterisk by him that Gary loves him as well. Going to yeah. set up the price alerts on SGA and see if I can scoop some of that. All right. Who else do you have on your list right now? Yeah. So, I mean, the, the other guys I had just were kind of like real buy lows. So Zion, uh, we talked, we talked mm-hmm. at length about, um, I think Kawhi is worth looking at. Um, you know, we obviously just named a NBA 75 best 75 player of all time, uh, has the championship rings under his belt. Um, we don't know what the deal is with Kawhi cause he's, cause he's Kawhi. So, <laughs> he's Kawhi. We'll, so we'll never know what the deal is with Kawhi. Um, but I think, um, you know, is there an outside chance he returns this year? Probably. Uh, I, I don't think anyone really knows, um, but 
if he does, I think, you know, it would be because he's feeling good enough to help kind of lead this team into the play in or wherever they're going to be and, and, you know, really help them win. So uh, I, I just, I'm trying to get some sales add up on him right now. Um, but I just think that he is someone, yeah, down 77% over the last year on the base uh, prism, which from 2012, you can look at the base market, no problem. Um, you know, not too many sales over the last month, but down 8% on 17 sales, $600. This is a card I used to target at like 800 bucks, uh, yeah. the 2012 Prism rookie. So really like that at 600 bucks. Yeah, I think he comes back next year. And even so, I just like him as a hold long-term. Um, you know, he doesn't need to, to he's, a hall of, he's a Hall of Famer no matter what, doesn't have to do too much. So, you know, there's, it's not often that you can get like a top, 10, 15 guy in the league who's going to be a first battle Hall of Famer who's got championship pedigree, uh, you know, when he's at down and out and uh, his market's down. So I just kind of like looking at somebody like him. If you guys got into this hobby, like like I kind of really did during the pandemic and really kind of rekindled your love for, for, for collecting cards and trying to make this an investable hobby and, and make a little bit of money on the side, you you're probably were blown away by some of the prices that you saw. Like, man, this is just, I, how, how am I ever going to get my hands on some of this stuff? Kawhi Silver, PSA 10, has a high of twenty six thousand two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, it's got a pop count of forty. Right, yeah. last sold uh, on August. We haven't seen any sales since August. It's like, again pop count of forty. You probably won't see too many too often. Sold for nine thousand eight hundred dollars. Wow. Wow. I, I can't like how low is that? Would that? I thing? don't think I. I would have if you if you I would have guessed. I would have never guessed that that dipped under five figures. That card. Yes. The silvers from 2012 are just so freaking so rare. rare. And, and when it's a rookie, one of the rookies of that prime class, right? Yeah. Um, you know, it's the, the AD, the Kyrie, but Kawhi is really the, he's really the pinnacle from it. I and mean, you have Draymond and you got, um, you know, Beal and Clay and, and a lot of Hall of Famers in there. But Kawhi's the guy uh, that, you know, maybe along with AD, but Kawhi's the guy that's really the, the top tier, uh, you know, proven Hall of Famer championship winner. And I guess Anthony Davis, but um, you know, I wouldn't with the silver in a PSA 10 of that class, I, I would have never expected that to dip below 10 K. Uh, so really, really, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and then you have, when you have opportunities on guys like that and Hey man, LeBron too, like, let's see, I, I, I don't want to get into a, maybe we should save that for a topic in the coming weeks here, depending on which way this goes for the Lakers, but kind of a macro view at LeBron's market, I know has been pretty, pretty, uh, you know, far down over the last six months or so. Um, you know, if, if things go really bad for this Lakers team yeah. and you know, that stuff dips really low heading into this off season, I, I think it's never bad to buy LeBron James long-term. It's never bad. You know, any, anything rare at all. It doesn't even have to be low. Maybe it doesn't have to be super low end, but like anything mid end and higher, I think is, 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 is solid. We, we don't look favorably right now on the situation with LA and obviously with, with LeBron, the GM versus LeBron, the player right now, but history in five, 10, 15, 20 years is unlikely to remember this 100%. tiny microcosm of his career. Right. So Million yeah, percent. it's, it's bad. And I'm as a LeBron fan and as a, a pseudo Lakers fan, simply because LeBron's in town, they're done. This team is done. There's no chance oh, yeah. that there's any any chance of them turning this around. So, yeah, you can throw in the towel on this Lakers experiment. I don't know what's going to happen with LeBron next, but, yeah, any any time is a good time to buy LeBron James. I wanted to throw one rookie name out there real quick, and we don't have a ton of rookie products yet, but looking at the Top Shot market right now, there's one guy that I'm super excited about, and I've been really focused, laser-focused on these Toronto games as I'm getting back into playing NBA DFS. Uh, but Scotty Barnes, man, really stands out to me as a player. Yes, and looking at the top shot market, he is a clear third behind Mobley and behind Kate Cunningham. So I'm curious what your thoughts are when we actually get physical products in our hands. You know, I can scoop up as many as many top shot moments as I want with Scotty Barnes. But when we start to get physical products in our hands and Prism comes out and, and some of these higher end products come out, 
do we get the same sense that that Barnes is going to be a clear third? Is this somebody that we should be targeting in box breaks or in singles, or or is there a reason why he's a third? And maybe I'm misguided. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll be right around there, third or fourth, um, probably third ish out the gate, as you mentioned. I think, uh, you know, obviously, I think it'll it'll be Caden Mobley one two. Um, I would expect him and, and Jalen Green and and Giddy uh, to kind of be in a cluster uh, of next, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys that that hold interest there. Um, no, but I'm with you, man. Like he his upside is really strong, and it's and as someone that watches a lot and kind of really breaks this down from team basketball for for TFS purposes to try to figure out how the way teams play, it's hard for me to it was it's it's gotten hard for me to get excited about him as like a huge stats guy right out the gate, um, as just because he does everything well and he's such a yeah. team player, you know, but. Um, if I'm thinking about him ever being a dominant type superstar, I can see it just because of his versatility, his ability to play multiple positions, his ability to defend right away, his, also his ability to to be so polished and and make the right play at such a young age where I could see him kind of being taking a leap, being an alpha. Uh, haven't seen it yet. Obviously, we're we're you know four or five months into his entire career, um, but we did see it you know this week when they were out Fred Van Vliet and he had one of his best games in in a long time. And I think you know he was the fourth overall pick for a reason. Uh, you know, definitely bullish on his long term outlook for sure. Um, just been going back and forth in my head if I could see him being one of these transcendent hobby names. Uh, I do think that he he has the ability to get there for sure. Awesome. Love it. Any, any other names you want to drop either from a buying, selling or holding perspective uh, in the second half of the season? I just think like um, somebody like Devin Booker is also a guy that can kind of buck that trend of uh, the dips too far. Um, you know, I, I really like anything out of that 2015 prism because it's before things got too crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, his pop on his, his base is around 1600. So it's gone up quite a bit over the last year, I think, but that's still not like nuts, you know, same class as, as Jokic there. Um, I think, you know, his silver, though, is a pop of 177. You know, if you can find that thing, that is also, you know, over the last year, down 45%, only 37 sales. But, I mean, that was going for, at the peak of things, $7,000. Yeah. Right around $3,200 right now. I mean, this is a team that has a very strong chance of winning a championship. And and in my opinion, uh, I'd put them at the top of the list. He's still getting so much better. Um, Chris Paul's only going to be around for a couple more years. Like, you know, I don't think he's going anywhere as far as, you know, I think there's even more room to grow from a both statistical standpoint and, you know, a leadership alpha standpoint with, with Devin Booker. So someone that if you're a Suns believer like I am and you kind of are able to snag, even if it's on a place like Alt or something like that, his base uh, at under the the 500, whatever value it's valued at right now, $530. Um, if you find that for around 500 bucks, uh, I think that's a pretty good buy heading into the playoff run here. I can't believe the age on some of these guys. I, I I had to look up his age just to remind myself. He's 25. Yep. Mm-hmm. It just yeah, seems one, nuts. Like one year, this, one year at Kentucky, came out, and that's yeah. it. You know, that's the thing with these guys. Eight, 18 years old, 19 years old, they enter the league. And, you know, Bradley Beal has been in the league literally forever. I think he's, <laughs> what, did he just, did he just turn 30? Is he 29? Like, you know, I, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, the league is in just such a good Bradley spot Beal with all these young stars. This is what I remember. I remember Bradley Beal came in at, like, 17. Oh my God! Because uh, he yeah, he's he's out of the twenty that that twenty twelve class we yeah, just talked and, about, and so so is Kyrie, right? But oh and, my God. And they, yeah. they were they were both one and done. Um, say and and but Kyrie is uh like a year younger than Brad. Something with Brad Beal was like so young for his age, where he was like eighteen when he said like just turned eighteen when he came in. He's been in the league for freaking ten years, and he's twenty eight years old. Like it's 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 wild, man. It's wild how young some of these guys are. So the the league is in such a good spot with all these young stars that we've talked about today. Whether you're buying, selling, or holding the second half of of the season. 
promises to be fun, uh, promises to be fun from a hobby perspective as well. And we'll continue to break it down uh, throughout the next couple of months and into the playoffs. But I want to get out of here on this winning formula with Gary Hartman because the F1 season is right around the corner. Things are really going to start to heat up now that uh, Drive to Survive, is that the right name of the series? Yeah, it is. Drive to Survive is on Netflix. Uh, The racing calendar is upon us. You you were hitting me with all the nerdy F1 jargon uh, before we hopped on air. I want you to catch the people up and what, what, what the people should be looking out for over the next couple of weeks as F1 really gets hot and heavy. Yeah, so um, you know you'll be hearing this over the weekend of March fourth through through sixth um, next Friday or this coming Friday when you hear this March eleventh Drive to Survive season four comes out so that kind of really kicks things off uh, they timed it perfectly where it's going to come out right a week before the first Grand Prix right at, during uh, testing which is kind of like the, the last preseason run uh, in Bahrain which is where the first Grand Prix is happening so all this stuff's going to come right back into the forefront next week and I actually think it's going to hit even more eyes than it ever has before because baseball's not here um, because Americans are looking for other sports because this is now um, you know the beginning of a season where it's going to be more popular than it ever was. And guess what? It takes place on Sunday mornings where football star fans like me are really excited to, to have, uh, you know, something to look forward to on Sundays again. Um, and I, you know, this will be the first season I'm into it from the beginning. So um, I think since we've gone so long, we are, we've gone longer than, than we expected as we, <laughs> as we have a tendency to do, I think I want to save this for next week. We'll do a big, a big F1 primer next week, but I just want to say um, if you haven't, I would really strongly recommend checking out seasons one through three of F1 Drive to Survive um, over the next two weeks, March 18th through 20th. So I guess it would be the March 20th is the first Grand Prix of the season. Um, you know, this coming uh, March next next weekend, March 10th, 11th, 12th is uh, preseason testing in Bahrain. So that's basically going to be the, the final warm up. You're going to see all these drivers out in their cars. Um, you know, all the every, everything has to be in place, ready to go for the first race of the season. And then from that point, we hit the ground running and there will be Grand Prix either every week or once every two to three weeks. Um, sometimes they do them every week. Sometimes there's a, a week or two break in between. But every um, you know, you it's it, it's it's kind of like golf where it takes up the whole weekend. You have Friday practice Saturday's qualifying Sunday's the race um, and 2021 F1 tops paper came out a couple weeks ago didn't really do so well and I there's a lot of reasons for that they they came out with the price way way too high like it's $600 a box or whatever in resale right out the gate it was way dumb um, there was no autographs in the product and Chrome was right behind it so no one really wanted this and honestly I didn't either but at least I tops understands the importance of and, and how successful this stuff was last year. And they, they made it a, a point to get this out. So Chrome will be coming soon. Um, I think it's scheduled for next week. Uh, still on the calendar. I don't know if that's coming. I, that will be a popular product. That will be a popular product. And then when Sapphire comes right behind it, that will be a popular product. So we'll talk all about that stuff. And in anticipation of those releases next week, I'm going to do a whole breakdown of all the players that you need to know, dri- sorry, drivers, you need to go heading into the season. Um, how markets have done in the offseason and what to expect right when these things come up. Because I'll tell you what, that Sapphire and that 2020 Topps Chrome stuff, that market has stayed as strong as anything possibly could have it during an offseason. So, um, you know, really, really exciting for F1. And, and just both from a sports fan perspective and from a hobby perspective, because I think there's a lot of room for more eyeballs to get on this stuff. So uh, really, really pumped. And we'll talk more about it in depth next week. That's going to be a priority. You're muted. You're muted. Obviously a massive, massive global sport, but a a niche that Gary has found and filled uh, magnificently and made this a profitable endeavor for himself. Can't encourage you guys enough to kind of find your own niche, find stuff that you truly love and can get can get immersed into. And then the, the profits will follow from there. Right. So 
we'll get into that next week. We we go long as we always do, but I think yeah. that's a great place to leave it. A quick, quick, quick primer for the new listeners on the F1 world. We'll dive deep into winning formula with Gary Hartman next week, but uh, this is a good place to leave it for Gary, for his John Morant Tiger Stripe PSA 10 that is still in his <laughs> possession. I am Cody. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.